This is Chris. And this is Andrew, and welcome back to the next chapter here in Video Games Cover to Covered. Chapter 69. Uh, that would be chapter, or well, part 14 of Dragon Quest XI? Yeah, last week, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we're finally, finally finishing up Act 1, 14 weeks later. Exactly. At the knock on wood. <laughs> at the absolute nicest episode. It's true. The nicest possible time. <laughs> so last time we left off, we had just have we entered the first forest yet? I know we got that old guy, his juice. I think that's I mean, we we just talked about the side quest. I don't think we really talked about the forest itself at all. Yeah, because they just kind of like, they're like, yeah, man, hey, you're definitely the guy. You're the guy, dude. Let's get you in here and let's get you up to the Yggdrasil. There's no hesitation at all. And also like, hey, I mean, I guess to be fair, you do have two residents of the city vouching for you. And I'm sure that probably helps. Uh, But yeah, they're just immediately, hey, well, uh, Luminary, why don't you just go right on up to the, to the, the tree then? How about that? Did you notice that he said, I was like, oh, by the way, if you have all the orbs, you can go ahead and go in. And it's like, wait, did anyone show up here before having all the orbs? Is that even possible? I didn't look around that much. Is like, is that possible? There's nothing stopping you from getting into the, the city. It's not like you need the orbs to get there. So yeah, you, you easily could have played the game and gone there beforehand if you had just wandered that way. Like, there's nothing that specifically requires it. So, yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. I just didn't. It seems incredibly far out of the way. I mean, I would agree it's probably pretty unlikely since everything kind of leads you. I guess the most likely way would be if you went to Sniffleheim without already having the magic key and then maybe decided to go exploring around there is probably the most likely way somebody might wind up there before having the orbs. Yeah, I guess that's a good point because you wouldn't, you're, you're right. Because after, if you were kind of just mulling around the place of Sniffleheim and maybe you got lost or something, you would have, you could have easily found your way to, to Arborea, yeah. to Arborea without getting all the orbs. Having said that, it seems I guess the other one would be if you didn't go back to the Dunderzil and get the orb that's just randomly in the treasure chest. So, yeah, I, I mean, there's there's a couple ways I could see somebody doing it. I, I think it's unlikely you probably don't have the, that you wouldn't have the magic key, but it is definitely possible. Just because they the um, mermaid queen tells you basically exactly where to go to get the key. So that seems unlikely, but it's, it's certainly doable because it's not like you're forced to go there. Yeah, she does kind of tell you immediately, like, hey, go here first. Yeah. And it is in that little town. It's like, I guess you could have gotten the orb first by going to the other place and then never actually gone back to the other town. But I don't know who would do that. So it is what it is. But 
at this point, we are going around in the first forest and just like chucking monsters left and right. I, I was actually going to say, I thought the first forest was a fairly notable um, difficulty increase for which I guess makes sense since it's the last dungeon of Act 1, but I was kind of expecting it wasn't going to get a whole lot harder until, you know, we actually finished Act 1 and went into Act 2, but for me as someone who hadn't power leveled, I actually thought the first forest was kind of a challenge. There were some some of the monsters were a little on the tough side. I was just chucking everybody. I was going to say, I mean, I that hence me emphasizing as someone who didn't power level because obviously you're doing that because it's just how everything is for you at this point. Yeah, I mean it was it, it 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 was an it was a cool area. It was visually very different from the other areas in the game, and it's it almost seemed kind of like rainforesty. Yeah, it did. It had like a very like it was very overgrown in like a cool way, which does feel very rainforesty. And so, like, it was very, there was bioluminescence everywhere. It was, seemed very dense. There was a lot of foliage. It looked, like, visually very different, which I would expect from, you know, the area that's right under Yggdrasil to kind of be compact with the most life, considering, you know, what Yggdrasil is. Yeah, and, you know, it being the first forest definitely implies at least within the mythology of this world that like, this is where everything started and everything just kind of emerged from there, which again, also makes sense considering, you know, what Yggdrasil does. But at the same time is slightly confusing because Arborea, they're talking about how, Oh, it wasn't until the luminary that anybody decided to set up shop here. It's like, if this is the first forest, nobody came here before that. Well, I would imagine, like I said, given how much harder the monsters and stuff are, I imagine this is an area that a lot of people are like, this is awfully dangerous. Let's not go here if we don't have a decent reason. (laughs) (laughs) And so then something very ominous happens, to, to me at least. Rab is walking along and he suddenly gets tired. We've been walking this entire time and rab is now suddenly getting tired dude we've walked all over the planet suddenly he gets tired right here this is difficult for him to make it the whole trip i mean yeah i'm not going to criticize the guy too much he the fact that he made it this far is pretty impressive i feel like for a man of his age you know he's clearly up there in years and he can't he can't keep up like he used to You're not getting where I'm coming from, Andrew. He's definitely up to some nefarious stuff. Oh, no, no, no. I got exactly what you meant. I was just defending. There's no reason to defend him. He is evil. He's definitely evil. Because he immediately, he's like, oh, I'm so tired. Suddenly we're right here at the very end. Let's just go ahead and take a nap. Just to, you know, make sure everything's good. Well, what if there was, you know, a big scary boss we had to prove ourselves to? It's good to take a nap. Who is going to be here at Yggdrasil? There shouldn't be any Some bosses. guardian of Yggdrasil. I mean, maybe, but this dude getting suddenly tired, he's going to attack us in our sleep. He's going to give us some sort of sleeping potion or something like Rab's doing something not good. I'm telling you, 
Rab is not good, man. It doesn't matter what happens in this game. He's not good. Much like Sully, no matter what, you will always dislike him. I don't know who you're referring to. You're right. Much like other mysterious figures that may or may not exist. And so I'm just sitting there like, okay, Rab, whatever. We'll have one last camp out where everybody tells their stories or whatnot. And I think I think Veronica and Serena actually use this opportunity to talk about Igrasil a little bit more. If they do. Right. And they also basically talk about how much, you know, they love each other as sisters. In a, in a moment where I was immediately like, I'm suddenly worried about them. <laughs> Why would you be worried about them? Because that's the sort of thing that happens before a character gets killed or something. Oh, See, I, that didn't go through my mind. That just, I was like, oh, dude, that's so sweet. You know, they're like, I love you. I love you. We're going to be good forever. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Like that's, the, that's, that's like the equivalent of, you know, the police officer in the movie talking about how he was three days from retirement. I mean, now that you say it out loud, yeah, I I agree that you have a point, but I at the time I was not thinking that. At the time I was like, "Oh, isn't that sweet?" You know, they're you know, even though it it mostly coming from Veronica. <laughs> because you don't really expect that coming from her. That's true. That's not a side of her you really see a whole lot. You expect Serena to be like, "Oh, yeah, cool. I totally love you." And then Veronica's like, "Hey, stupid." Obviously, we're twin sisters and awesome. <laughs> I like that. Obviously, you like me because we're twin sisters and we're both awesome. Jeez. It's like if you are awesome and I am awesome, then we obviously like b equally. We're just awesome. We're basically just two people that are awesome and equals, except for one significantly younger than the other one now. I thought that maybe she's going to be like, hey, Veronica, do you want to, you know, consider at some point becoming an adult again? <laughs> I don't think that's ever <laughs> all of the things that have happened. I don't think that's ever going to come up. Sorry. <laughs> I, like, I just want to set that expectation that we're going to get through this entire game and no one is going to bring it up again. That is entirely how I think this is going to go. I mean, yes, I while I agree with you, I, a, a person can dare to dream because it's just weird hanging out with a child this whole game it's like going back to final fantasy 11 and hanging out with hope for an entire game it's like first of all that was unbelievable that, that was 13 it, well, yeah 13 yeah, i don't remember what 11 was 11 was the first mmo oh that i didn't play yes the one that you've never played which is perfectly fine because it's not very good and, and then well here's the thing you know who else isn't very good hope <laughs> through that entire game and then a, a, an actual awesome character sacrifices their lives to save him. Um, excuse me? Can I, like, is there a way for me to make the decision and be like, hey, Hope, sorry, <laughs> bro. so much cooler than you. You suck. I don't really know what to tell you, but no one in the party likes you, except for Lightning, apparently. Which is extra confusing because Lightning doesn't like anyone. Yeah. It's kind of her whole thing. It's garbage. Absolute garbage. I hate it. I'm just another person to add to my list. <laughs> so at the end of the episodes, I can just by the by the if we if the podcast ever ends, the last episode is just gonna be like an hour and a half of me going, 
at the very end, I hate, I hate uh, Waka. I hate Hope. I hate Rab right now. Maybe I won't hate him later. I love Lulu, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is what it is. You know, I'm, I'm storing up a whole lot. I, I, of, I won't even have to talk that entire episode. I'll introduce myself. And then the entire episode is just going to be you going off on that. It's like, listen, guys, we've had a great run. It's been awesome. You know, the, apparently we already have had a great run because you didn't, you neglected to tell me that in the analytics, nobody's even listening anymore. So, well, you know, I didn't want to ruin it for you by informing you that we have no listeners. We've never really had listeners. You've just been talking into nothing this whole time. I, I mean, I fully expected that the entire time. So it's not like this is news to me. You know, for the first, I don't know, like, what was that? 50 episodes? I didn't even know we were recording it. You were just like, hey, here's a microphone. And then it's like, oh, we were doing this the whole time. <laughs> Wait, what did you think you were editing all this time? I must know. I thought I was just practicing skills to use later on in life. And then I, you were like, hey, whenever you're done, let me know and I'll I'll throw it up. And I was like, I don't, I don't really know what you mean, but okay. <laughs> cool. It seems a little weird that I have like a week deadline here, but okay, I guess, you know, in, in later on in life, I'm going to have deadlines. So it makes sense. You know, I got to get my skills up. <laughs> later on in life, like you don't already have deadlines now. Oh, I have plenty of deadlines. Exactly. I'm just so awesome that I'm able to crush them immediately. It's like deadlines just don't even exist for me. I mean, they exist, but like it just doesn't, it never comes up. But only in a really abstract sort of way. You know, unless I have to wait for a bunch of other people or like six people all at once, just go, hi, Chris. And then it's like my whole day is ruined. But don't put what they have, what they actually want. Then it's just like a whole, my the, the day's scrapped at that point. You might as well just take, PTO because there's just no coming back from that. I, you know, I, I can't relate because I don't have PTO or a job right now. So, well, then you're a permanent PTO. I guess you're right, but no, it's unpaid time off in my case. Okay. So permanent U T U T U well, UTO makes it sound like you kind of have a disease. <laughs> so, so back to Final Quest Eleven, you, you get up there after your nap, and allegedly Rab has not done something bad to you, but we don't, there's no way for me to know for sure. Look, all I know is that the status of the Luminary has been set to poison ever since this night, and I haven't been able to get rid of it. Yeah, it's weird. He's got this weird mark on his hand that I've never seen before. I mean, has this come up before? Have you have you seen this, Mark? This like horseshoe with a dot looking thing? I've never seen this before. Like almost a trident sort of thing? Yeah, I don't really know what that's going on about. But once you take out all the orbs, you get rainbow roaded all the way up to Yggdrasil. Yeah, you just walk up to the altar, put the orbs down, and then you're good to go. Which, fortunately, they didn't make you walk all that way, because as far as paths huge. go, this is the most inefficient path 
I have ever seen anything take. It's like that bridge to nowhere in Alaska. It's like, where are you even going? Uh, see, I was going to say like a roller coaster, but like one of the really elaborate ones that's designed to just be like as over the top as possible. And it's like two months later. <laughs> right, exactly. Like when Mortigan has already like taken control of the whole planet, you finally get up to Yggdrasil. You know, you've got this little section of relative calm here. Uh, up in Yggdrasil is very, like, even more, I guess, verdant than the first forest was. But it's just a, a quick little path of nothing. You know, just a bunch of plants and stuff and tree branches and things like Did that. Did you go down the the well? I didn't because it just said this will take you right back. And I'm like, I don't really want to do that right now. Well, you can go down the well, and you can walk around it for a little while, and then you oh. get to the end of it, and there's this thing that's like, do you want to go back? And I said no to that. Oh, darn. I, I thought it was going to take me straight down, so I actually skipped the well. Like the first oh, well there was a lot of secrets game. and treasures in there. I know. I, I'm sure. It's like the first well in the entire game I didn't look at, so naturally that would be the awesome one. <laughs> and it would be the only one that I actually went down. Other than that other one, I went down because I didn't have a choice. Yeah, this well was great, man. It was just like, there were like three or four paths. There are so many treasure boxes down there. It was just, oh, it was such a good time. I spent a significant amount of time going through all of the riches that I attained. Only because, like, yeah, there were so many treasure chests that it took you like an hour just to open them all. Yeah, it was it was a quite lucrative well. And then you get up to Yggdrasil and... Everyone's like, oh, cool. Is that the core? That's so awesome. Agrasil's great. It's amazing. And it's like, oh, it's like bigger than I thought it would be. And there's, it's like got, deep in the core here, when you come in, there's a legendary sword inside this like force field, which I don't know if that's the core itself within the core or what, but it's this ultimate sword that only the Luminary is able to use with this barrier around it so no one else can access it. Well, because Silvando jumps up and touches it and then is immediately, like, electrocuted or something. Yeah, he's like, oh, no, yeah, like, come on, man. I do want to reiterate. Eric is like, oh, man, it's, like, bigger than I thought. This is the core of the world tree. Yeah, man, I figured I could just pick it up and take it. <laughs> Are you serious, Eric? He wanted to take it because he had to give up his orb. He's been playing the long con to try to steal well, it's like the core of the world tree. A hundred times bigger than the orb. Eric, shut up, dude. And so the, the luminary, everybody kind of looks back at the luminary and they're like, you got this. The luminary walks up and he puts his luminary hand out with his cool tattoo that Rob gave him the other night. His little henna tattoo. And the world tree's like, yo, dude, you're the one. And just starts opening up and blam! Luminary just gets blasted in the back by a nefarious force. Surprise, it's Jasper. And he's like, I'm about to defeat all of you. I'm so much better and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, cool, well, let's attack him. It's like, where did you come from? I've literally been following you this entire time. You guys are idiots. 
And I was like, oh, I, well, I guess that's where Jasper actually went. He didn't let us go. He, uh, he just followed us here. No, no, no. Kendrick is the one we were talking about letting us go last week. No, all the way all- back in Gondolia. Oh, okay. Yes. In that case, yes. You're right. Sorry. He's like, you idiots. I've been following you this whole time. Oh, 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 oh. wait. How did we not, like, how? Yeah, I have some questions on that, Jasper, because we went to the bottom of the ocean and had the queen's blessing. She doesn't just hand that out to anybody. And there's been numerous times we, like, went to the end of a dungeon and then had to turn around and come back. And you would think we would have seen you. But no, I've been following you this whole time. Do you have, like, magic invisibility? Like, I need to... Look, just give us a hint, okay? (laughs) I'm really confused here, Jasper, because I haven't seen you at all. And if you have been following us this whole time, then what does that mean for Aboria? Because that's my immediate thought, is uh, I don't think that guy would have just let you through. So... Uh... Cool. Not looking forward to seeing Aboria when we're all done with this, but okay, let's fight. Anyway, uh, unlike last time, it goes poorly. (laughs) Really, really poorly, because he blasts out this purple aura, and you can't hit him with anything. Yeah, he's literally invincible, uh, and but in spite of that, you have to hold out long enough for him to do his ultimate attack on you that defeats everyone. So it's it's my least favorite type of unwinnable boss fight where it's an unwinnable fight, but you can't just give up. Wait, seriously? Yeah. I mean, I knew that he got to the point where he did his, like, super blast thing, but if you died before that, it didn't count? Yeah, no, I mean, that's just a normal loss. It's the, it is by far, like, the most irritating version of the unwinnable boss fight. So I take it that happened to you then? No, I just looked it up after the fact because I was like, I actually specifically went online and looked it up because I was like, I don't want this to happen. Uh, I'm really worried about this. And the, and the internet was specifically like, yeah, if you uh, don't, it will happen. Because once it became clear that I couldn't win, I was like, okay, fine. I can't win the fight, but do I need to keep trying? And the answer is yes. Wow. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have happened to me because I absolutely would have stopped. Because what's the point? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of in the same situation. After a certain bit, I was just kind of like, okay, defend. I I guess just wait it out until something happens. Like, maybe somebody will realize. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. I was like, so is someone going to do something? And after a few rounds, I'm like, I guess not. Let me go look it up. Okay, well, I guess I'm just going to sit here and defend. Because I switched out multiple people and like I I specifically used the, okay, well, this deals with demons and this does this other thing. And I tried all of the things and nothing worked. So cool. I know that I can't win, but what what's even the point of this? Yeah. And the point is you have to hold out until he uses his ultimate move. And. Not really, to my surprise, because I was almost expecting this. Hendrik is like, 
See? King? Look at this guy. He's been bad this whole time. He's He's been manipulating us, and he's a garbage person, and everybody hates him. Yeah, and, you know, okay, to Hendrick's credit, like, this is clearly what he went off and did after the whole ice encounter, and, like, good for you, dude. You're actually a decent person. Yeah, I, I guess I kind of have to be... I guess we kind of have some apologies to lay out there to Hendrick because yeah, he, it turns out he's not terrible. We, th- well, you thought that he had like murdered this kid. I did. And I stand by the fact that I was wrong there because, especially because I realized that kid is Silvando, but no, the kid is not. I don't, I know that the kid is Silvando, Andrew, but I don't want it to be, but you're right. I, Hendrick, my sincere apologies for doubting you. That's going to be wrong. such a boo moment. I'm going to be so disappointed. Everyone in the party has to be royalty. Okay. This is just like the Skywalkers all over again. Only they can be Jedis. Only they can save the world. Or, or the Palpatines. Let's be fair. Apparently. I, well, okay. Yeah, but there. didn't you hear that Disney is scrubbing those movies? It's almost like they realized that making three massive movies with uh, with, two different directors and absolutely no plan. And one of those directors being famous for not having plans. Like, how did you think this was going to go? I was going to say, didn't you didn't you get here? The part where Disney was like, nah, bro, which kind of seems unfortunate now that that Carrie Fisher has passed. Yeah. And. The entire cast of the trilogy, like, they hates Disney and Star Wars and everything else. Like, it, it seems like they burned a lot of unnecessary bridges, especially after spending over a billion dollars on it. Yeah. Just in general, that was that was poorly done. <laughs> pretty, pretty bad move. And now they're like, yeah, we just, um, we made kind of a huge mistake. Can we just take that back? Yeah, no. I, I will say the best thing to ever come out of those movies is those SNL skits where Kylo Run Ren is oh undercover the uh, undercover boss. Yes, those were great. Those were I, so good. I heard Kylo Ren has like an eight pack. <laughs> Dude, Mark is a dick. <laughs> like yeah, we we knew every everybody knew immediately when you threw that guy with force powers into the vending machine. Like, yes, <laughs> we all knew <laughs> it was such a good skit. It was so good. And did yeah. you see that they did a follow-up? I don't think I ever saw the follow-up. I'll yeah. They did a follow-up one for one of the other movies. I think it was like the most recent one, but they did do a second follow-up where they're like, where are they now? Kylo Ren learned some valuable things. And, <laughs> from his from our last encounter. So what is he up to today? And I don't think it's as good, but it's still really good. Better than the movies. Admittedly a, a low bar. Yeah. I I will say I did like the first one. I did like the first one and that's because you didn't know you didn't know anything about Ray and I thought that everybody did such a great job. There were some interesting concepts going on, but uh, I, I'm going to stop before I go into a J.J. Abrams rant again. I know. You just have this... You ha- you have this un... 
insatiable hatred for J.J. Abrams. Look, all I'm saying is if people threw a bunch of money at me to make a project and I decided to turn around and say I was bored and walk away from it halfway through, I don't understand. I'm pretty sure I would never get work again. So he kind of makes me mad. Well, you know, I don't really know what to tell you there, man. There, There's, there's nothing you or I can do about it. Drawing a firm line in the sand on this podcast. Well, for you anyway, I yes. don't, I have basically no opinion of J.J. Abrams because I don't care. I, the, the people that I have distaste for are the Wachowskis because of Matrix 2 and 3. Specifically 3. 2 was not, was not bad. But 3 was uh, dumpster fire. <laughs> 2 pretty much was a dumpster fire as well when... As soon as they started cloning all the Smiths, it's like, okay, so everybody really likes Smith from the first movie. And while that's fine, now we got like a thousand of them. And then in three, we have like everyone is Smith now. Uh, uh, what? What is wrong with you? I'm really curious because I've always kind of thought that I, I always got the impression they didn't really want to make a, a, more Matrix movies. And I'm kind of curious how much of it was their idea and how much of it was just like, hey, this made a ridiculous amount of money. We need you to come back. Well, now they're making more Matrix movies. Yes. Which I don't know if I'm on board for or not. And it honestly, a lot of it depends on Keanu Reeves because he is just like, he, he is definitely pretty much my, my favorite actor at this point. He is just like the... I'm very happy that he is f finally getting his due and went from being the guy everybody la kind of laughs at for being terrible to everybody kind of really likes him now. Well, and he's just like the epitome of like just a good guy. Every single thing that you see about Keanu Reeves online is like, oh, he like saved a kitten from a tree today. Oh, he like adopted 25 puppies and took them out into some pasture or something and let them free to roam all day and live their puppy lives and just be happy. And, you know, they have caretakers and everything and people can come in and they can do puppy therapy with these awesome puppies that Keanu Reeves saved. And I don't know if that's a real story, but I have to assume that's something that he has done, whether we've heard about it or not. I know I remember a story about him taking like his residuals from I think the original matrix movie and basically giving it all to the special effects people and being like, yeah, they're the, really the star of the movie, not me. Well, and he, he's also like, I, if I remember correctly, he's like a minimalist. I mean, this whole podcast is just going to turn into how much I absolutely adore Keanu Reeves. He, he is a minimalist. Yes. His apart, his apartment is apparently very, very sparse. And he's just like, oh man, just what a great guy. What an all around, just great dude. And, yeah, honestly, and that's like, what and that's what everybody as much, says. As much as as people used to make fun of him, though, like how many people have three massive <laughs> franchises that they were a star in? Like he's clearly doing something right, even before everybody decided to find him cool again. I always thought he was cool. I never thought he was he was terrible. I always loved Keanu. You know, even back, and, and it all started with speed. The first speed, I was like, this guy. I completely forgot he was in the first speed. Wow. Yeah, it's been, dude. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Yes. You know what else I saw recently? He's gone in 60 seconds. 
I absolutely loved it. I'm like, can we get like, I know Nick Cage kind of went a little crazy, but can we just give him, have him doing these like ridiculous things again? The, well, the thing, the thing about Nicolas Cage, like from, from what I've read is basically unlike a lot of actors who will be like, you know, I, I'm going to do the character this way. And I don't agree with you as the director. From what I understand, Nick Cage is basically like, you want me to do this? I will do. I don't care. You're the boss. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a bad idea, but you're paying me, so fine. I think it's I, I think it's absolutely terrible, but like you know, that's what you want. That's what I'll do. Oh man, and 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 I've heard that that's part of why like he can be so wildly different in movies because he's basically just like literally. Oh, the director said he wanted me to act like this, so that's what I'm going to do now. Well, would it be crazy if Gone in sixty seconds? became a franchise like fast and furious and we had fat instead of like dominic toretto we had nicholas cage and okay he- but then we'd have like gone in 60 seconds in space which honestly sounds fantastic yes because apparently they that's where the new fast and furious like, is going they gotta steal the that. mars rover or something for some random thing yeah i don't know if you heard that but apparently that's where the new fast and furious movie is going is into space well of course uh, duh what else are they supposed to do? They drove like this supercar from one building to another building to another building. Where do you think they're going to go, man? What else could they do with a car? And if they're not taking that car into space, I'm going to be incredibly disappointed. If they aren't using NOS to get to space, <laughs> I don't know what I'm even going to do. All right. We just got to set the car up vertical and then push the DOS button. And if Dominic's calculations are correct, we're going to be on the moon. I feel like you'd have to, but it's not just Dominic these days. Now you got the rock in there and Jason Statham, which is like, dude, he killed Han. Is no one going to bring this up that you all are just working with Jason Statham who killed Han. Are you serious right now? Why is nobody saying anything about this? Screw that guy. He killed like one of my most beloved favorite characters ever. Hot take. I absolutely loved Tokyo Drift. And it wasn't because of that guy with his unbelievable Alabama accent through the entire movie. It was because of Han. Han was amazing. I loved him. And I loved that movie. Where were we? <laughs> um. We literally had just talked about Hendrick telling the king about how Jasper was bad. Oh, well, now we get to the best part. Jason Statham, played by the king, just blasts out a mega energy beam at Hendrick, who's now Han in my eyes, and just absolutely annihilates him. And Hendrick looks back and he's like, what? Why? Hendrick, bro. Do you really need to ask the question? He's possessed too. You've you've been a faith, faithful servant to me. And it's like, you're so dead, Hendrick. Like, I'm sorry, bro. But And then he takes off the king mask and it turns out he was Mortigan. Surprise. Well, I guess I was wrong in a sense. I mean, the king wasn't Mortigan. He was possessed by him, but wow. Okay surprise lots of like and and then he picks up the luminary steals his luminariness which 
I didn't even realize that was a thing that could be done, but here we are. I know. I As it's sitting there happening to me, like, was that even an established rule? You could just take that? And then he opens up the world tree. The world tree is like, oh, cool. I guess you're the luminary. You, you've, you've stolen the henna tattoo. I guess you're the guy now. The luminary, I feel like, would know. I feel like the luminary, or, or, or I feel like the world tree would have more security stuff, like fingerprints, face scan. It's like the world tree should know who is who. And not to just open up for Mordigan. But he's like, I've stolen the henna tattoo, so I guess it's time for me to become the luminary. And boom. Oh, I'm going to steal the light sword, which you shouldn't even be able to touch because it's a light sword. And then he's like, let's make this better. And he's like, and like some cancer stuff starts spilling out of the sword and becomes basically soul caliber. But then, after doing that, he just goes ahead and smashes the whole thing. And I'm like, why did you even bother changing it if you were just going to destroy it? Well, no, it's he changed the sword. He doesn't smash the sword. He takes it and he smashes it inside Yggdrasil to steal all the power. Oh, yeah, you're right. He sm- but he smashes, like, the luminary p- power thing, too. Yes, he does. He takes the luminary power. He smashes it once he has the sword. And then he le- he's like, so you ain't the luminary anymore. Nobody is, man. There ain't no Luminary. I got the super evil sword now. I've got all of Yggdrasil's power. Oh, and by the way, Yggdrasil's falling. I'm like, this is not how I expected that. I was still standing by, like, the time travel thing. Clearly, I was wrong, because instead we just got, like, a massive disaster. A traditional, you know, end of disc one scenario where everything's just gotten super bad. I was sitting there in the back like, bro! This just got ultimate bad. I can't think of a worse scenario. This guy has sucked up the world tree juice, is now (laughs) apparently Yggdrasil, took the only sword that could defeat him, made it evil, smashed the luminary power, and then it's like, screw you guys. I'm also going to destroy Yggdrasil. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Things are pretty much as bad as... <laughs> it's like, congratulations, you doomed the world, Luminary. If you just hadn't come here, things would have been way better. And even worse, he broke Silvando's confidence. Something that should be physically impossible. You, 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 you stood by a long time ago saying that Silvando would basically give up everything, anything and everything for this cause. And in some way, you have to be somewhat corrected because immediately after all of this, apparently this is Switch exclusive for those that don't know or yeah, are so confused. As we go into this next section here, yeah, this is one of the things they added for the Switch was in the beginning of Act 2, there's a bunch of basically sections for the other party members. And we start off with Silvando on a ship basically about to just completely give up he's like i'm done i think this is mega bad i can't think of a worse outcome 
or actually no i think he actually was on the strand or something like he, he, he like wash, he, he like washes up on shore and then uh dave comes and saves him um excuse you dave sorry you're right dave my bad and he saves him and then he's back on the ship for i i what see, i think he said like a couple weeks later or something and da- dave's basically comes up and I, I, I did he slap him in the face i think he did he does do the whole like oh i can't believe I, I think that's after they get back on the boat but yeah he does the ah, pull yourself together thing he's like bop silvando bro you gotta get back out there and you gotta find these people and you gotta freaking take this guy down he's like you are not the silvando i know and this is not how this is going to end. He's like, you know that your friends are out there. All of your friends are going around taking out evil left and right. And he's like, the first bad thing that happens. And I'm like, okay, but pause. Pause, Dave. Because this is quite literally the worst case scenario, Dave. It, this isn't just the first bad thing that happens. This is like the only bad thing that could possibly happen the worst bad thing ever also like i'm not sure this isn't really the first bad thing that's happened it's by far the worst but like this entire adventure has mostly been bad things happening and then we kind of had to deal with it and it's like dave uh, br- uh, dude thank you because then silvando's like you're right you are right we are going to get out there We are going to go spread some cheer. I am going to find my friends and we are going to absolutely take this guy down. And so Savando gets his confidence back. And the first place we head is Gondolia, which is honestly kind of fitting because it's the last place we saw Jasper. And also it's kind of where, not quite where Savando started, but like where we started with the boat and sort of like where the, the, where the, Almost like the end of the opening of Dragon Quest. Well, and the first time that people started to see, well, maybe maybe they're not actually the bad guys here. Maybe they're the good guys. He's, he's like, I don't know why Hillador's telling me that you guys are bad, but I don't think that's true after what happened with Placido. 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 Yeah. So anyway, yes, we head back to Gondolia. Ooh, things are bad. <laughs> it's very bleak. <laughs> it's just in general. It's about as bleak as it can get. This town is depressed, and apparently it's been taken over by a band of thieves. Which, here's the thing, Andrew. You first get into town, and you have this little pink bubble that says, Hey, this is where you need to go. He goes, "Uh, these dudes are attacking people. He attacked some guy that just got into town, and he ran that way. Okay. I walk over, and I talk to the guys, and there's nothing I can do. I'm like, what? Right here. (laughs) Yeah, I I did the same thing. I'm like, oh, oh, you don't want to bother us? I mean, yeah, I actually kind of do. Oh, you don't want to bother us? Go away. No, but I do, though. So then... I walk all the way to the front of the pier. I don't see any purple marks or anything like that. I talk to the only person that I see, because apparently 
the guy that you actually need to talk to is is so far past. He's actually at the very edge of the pier, but he didn't load in for me when I Wait, went what? there the first time. So I talked to the only person I saw on the pier who just went, yeah, things are bad, man. This isn't good. Wait, what? I mean, you're, you're right, but I, I don't up, under- <laughs> pull up the map and I see no purple mark. Uh, Okay, well, did they run this guy out of town? So I walk all the way to the front. And it's like, no, no, no. Dave's like, uh, hey, jerk, we need to do something about those people. Dave, I tried. They, It won't let me. Andrew, I talked to every single person in this entire town at least three times as I was trying to figure out where I was supposed to go. And it wasn't until I was like, because the only thing it says in the corner is, hey, that guy went to the pier. I'm like, okay. I walk all the way to the edge of the pier, and suddenly the game is like, oh, bloop, he's right over here. (laughs) Uh, uh, So he's now suddenly loaded in, even though I can definitely see people like, all the way at the other side of the town. Why wasn't this guy loading? Oh, thank you, game. I really appreciate that. And the guy's basically like, oh, yeah, uh, it's really bad time. These guys beat me up and took my stuff. I'm trying to get back to my mom after the tree fell. Things are really bad. I'm like a traveling blacksmith, but, uh, you know, life life is bad. and And I'm so angry at this point. Then I'm just like, skip, 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 mom, blah, 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 skip, 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 screw you. And he's like, and then he goes, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Savanda's like, yo, bro, we're going to do it. We're going to take care of it. He's like, no, you can't do that. I'm like, shut your mouth. I'm going to go take care of this because I need to get out of this town. Because I've talked to every single person inside of here multiple times. So I run all the way up to the front, and they're like, hey, you don't want to mess with us. And I'm like, <laughs> I do, though. And you don't understand the messing with you're about to get. Because I don't know where if you're aware of this, guys, but I'm Silvando, and my player has decided it befitting to power level everyone on the team. So after I completely annihilate this group. <laughs> This 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 group of oh, of thieves. I, I feel like I sh- we should also point out Dave gets to fight too and is actually kind of decent. You're right. Dave does get to fight. It did nothing in comparison. Oh, I'm I'm sure he didn't really even do much compared to me. But compared to some of the other gas characters we've had, he wasn't bad. And so then you beat these guys up and you give this dude back. His, his stuff, and he's like, I owe you everything. What can I give you? And Silvando's like, nothing. I'm like, well, wait a minute, Silvando. Like, you don't have a whole lot. Of, you don't have the same resources I did before, so can we just go kind of go ahead and step back on that whole nothing you just you, you, you asked for? Nope. Story's going to continue along. Okay, that's fine. I have no gold. I mm, Thanks. But you get those, whatever those are. <laughs> Well, you don't find out right away because you're about to leave town. He gives you a pack of some staves or something. Okay. 
you just give me your garbage. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. And those three dudes that you fought come back, and Dave's like, what do they want now? Do they want another beating? And I'm like, what, Dave, dude? Um, okay, man, let's get this going. They're like, no! Can we just come with you and, and spread joy? We saw what you did for that guy. We think it's really humble. You know, we were just humble fishermen at one point, and things got bad, and we turned... You know, we, we had to do something to save our families, but then it turns out our families hate us now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, duh, you started attacking people. What did you think was going to happen? And Savano's like, yeah, let's go. Here's this, and then, here's yeah. this garbage the other guy gave me. <laughs> and it turns like- out it's like this whole like parade procession thing. It's insane. They've got these fans and then they just walk around and they're basically Silvando's hype men for the rest of this entire section. And I do want to say this section, I mean, despite, you know, how gloomy the world is or whatever, like this, this quest of Silvando running around with these hype men, you know, trying to make people happy. Just, I couldn't help but laugh at the ridiculousness of the whole thing. Oh yeah. And then as you're walking along, you you come across this guy who's down on his luck because his his cow is not producing milk. And it's because the cow loves dancing, I think. And Savano's like, I got just the medicine. So you go back to the cow and you do a jig in front of him, and the cow's like, Yeah, <laughs> here's some milk, bro. Thank you. But this before is- that, you have to listen to the cow tell you about how depressed she is and how, you know, giving milk and stuff seems pointless now. I want to point out that while all this was going on, it was like pouring down rain for me. So I'm dancing for this cow who's unbelievably depressed in the middle of the rain. And then the cow's like, oh, cool. Thanks. Let's go. <laughs> and then you take the milk back to the priest who... Somehow the, you know this this special milk makes him immediately fall asleep, and then so that we have to, then we do a guard jig to keep him safe or something. And, and, and it's like, and then he's like, he wakes up in the morning. He's like, "Cool, let's cut. I want to come with you too. I want to spread joy." <laughs> uh, oh, this whole section is. Just, I I love this. This is like. I hope they're all like this. <laughs> it was wholesome, but it was wholesome to the point where I was like, "I'm done with this." I mean, that's fair, but it was hard for me to stop laughing. It was it was definitely funny, but by the time I got to the desert and I still had to keep helping people, I'm like, <laughs> I just want to be done. How long is this going to go? But before you get to the desert, uh, because when you're on your way there, you run across a traveling circus performer and... Uh, he basically says, hey, I want to perform at the circus. I want to do my circus stuff again, but we're going to need at least two other people to perform. He's like, but you're the great Silvando, so everyone's going to love it. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I guess let's go to the circus. And the first person you come across is like, the circus? I'm never going back to that place. <laughs> okay, man. I, I, I Thanks. 
I feel like there's a story here, but I don't know that I want to hear it because yikes. And then you're walking along and I kept trying to look for these people and I couldn't find these other performers and I thought they were outside. So I looked everywhere I possibly could. And then I came across this soldier and this soldier was trying to protect this family, uh, this mother and child who are being attacked by a whole bunch of like evil looking cactus because now all of the enemies have like red eyes. It's like, like possessed uh, by Mordigan or like, you know, powered up or something. Yeah. I was, and they definitely say, are powered up, but it's dark rising or wait, dark, right. Wait, dead rising, dead rising. Oh yeah. When it gets to be night out and all the zombies. Yeah. And dark is rising Mordigan. So I think it already rose at this point. Oh, well, Darkness will rise when Yggdrasil falls. The prophecy has occurred. I wonder how Eric and all the others feel about, you know, that lady who apparently sent them off to go help the Luminary. They're like, man, screw that lady. She's, it's her fault. This is all her fault. What? Wait. I'm pretty sure Eric is the only one that talked to her. May, yeah, I think you're right, because Serena and... Yeah, they were already Rob, yeah. looking for the Luminary. Yeah. Okay, but I, Eric's probably thinking, this is all her fault. Eric is like... I, I had to gone with him. He, he he actually, like, on his way down uh, from getting attacked by Mortigan, he grabs the red orb. <laughs> and he's like, cool! He, like, steals a chunk out of Rainbow Road, and it, he's slowly cultivating it into a new orb. He's been like just molding his 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 personal quest in this section is just going to be him in the same place like grad like every time you go to sleep it'll just be a little bit more complete and he just it's all you do over and over. <laughs> and I will say it was nice to it was nice when you told me that everybody got one because at first Silvando's was really really long and I was kind of thinking is anybody else going to get this because. It's like, I like Silvando, but that's kind of giving everybody else the shaft if they only focus on him. So I was, it was nice to know that when you, when I'm done with Silvando, I will get to enjoy my time with somebody else, preferably not Eric. Cause I don't, to be <laughs> perfectly honest, I don't really care what he's up to. I mean, presumably at some point we'll, we'll run into him, but. Whatever Future yeah. Trunks is doing right now, I'm not really <laughs> concerned. Uh, it's Future Trunks and Future Gohan, man. They're bros for life. <laughs> and uh, so then I save those people, and he's like, can I come with you? And then you can add more people to your merry band of, of, of murderers as you go around the desert, actually just slaying everything in sight. And this whole time... All these people are participating in the fight, but you only get to control Silvando. So it's like, it reminded me a lot of like Persona 3 when you would do an attack and then everybody else would go and it would just be a bunch of automated stuff and then it's your turn again. What actually got to the point where some of those people you could, it got, you could only have, including Dave, well, excluding Dave, you could only have four out at a time. Because once you save that guy, you find out that you can actually switch them out. I don't know if you ever noticed that. I never did it because I, I, I didn't, didn't need to. Notice that, but that is that's funny. But yeah, you can switch them out. But you get back into the Sultan's area, and of course, you can't talk to the Sultan or anything like that. 
But you do go over and you convince the two people in town to to help with the circus. And one of them is, I guess, looking after your horse who's depressed. To which then the only answer is to dance in front of it. And then suddenly your horse is like, yeah, dude! Dance is the solution to all problems. If there's one thing Silvando's quest has taught me, it's that dancing solves everything. Well, when we go find Mortigan again, the real thing, the, the real solution, just like in Guardians of the Galaxy, is a dance battle. Dance off, bro. <laughs> I, I kind of hope you, Silvando's, I hope Silvando gets like some kind of ridiculous summon attack going forward where he could have like his entire hype crew come out and cast like a big party buff or something. Yeah, so I'm wondering if Act 2 is kind of where we unlock the the, the currently locked stuff for all the party members. That's that's what I've been kind of suspecting, and I, I imagine like most of Act Two, I think, because I, originally I know it just skipped right back to the Luminary, and all these other quests didn't happen, and so I imagine you know all this extra content is going to be all of them gradually reuniting, and then we'll probably get back to the Luminary last. Well, I thought in the original game the Luminary, because I kind of already knew that the party got split up. Based off of when I when I was kind of doing some research stuff for my uh, power leveling, so I kind of already knew that the power that the party kind of got split up. But the question I have is, when you start back with the luminary, do you still have to go find everyone, or are you just is everyone going to culminate to the same area where the luminary is at? I don't know. I actually don't know. What happens from this point? I've been really trying not to spoil myself by going ahead any. So I honestly have no idea. I was just like, other than the little things I had to go look up, like, do I have to keep fighting Jasper and stuff like that? I, you know, have really been trying to come into this relatively fresh, which is kind of a nice change of pace coming off of, you know, like Final Fantasy VII, where I did basically know most things that were going to happen Going into it, I'm enjoying being, you know, having the potential to be surprised and calling myself out. I was clearly completely wrong about the time travel thing. Well, now here's the thing. Well, that we know of. We don't know what happens in Act 3 or the end of Act 2. Yggdrasil has fallen, man. Like, how do you come back from that? We we have no idea what's going to happen at this point. Anything could really happen. I mean, you're time travel theory may still be valid. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, you're right. We, we There's still two acts of game left. But to your, to your point, though, I haven't... I have gone out of my way to not get spoilers as well. I knew that the party got split up. I had no idea why. That was a complete surprise. It was not a surprise that the King and Jasper were evil. But it was a unbelievable surprise that Mortigan is basically now mega evil god <laughs> guy. I mean, like, yes and no, because like that's the sort of thing that does kind of fall back into the the tropes that kind of makes me, you know, that reminds me of Dragon Quest being Dragon Quest again. Of you know, you got to have the bit where the villain. You know, everything looks really bleak and things like that, which isn't even really just a, a trip or whatever. That's just kind of basic storytelling. Act two almost always goes this way in almost anything. 
but and you know oh like jasper and the king being evil was telegraphed really heavily for a while like we were we were both very convinced on that i was glad to see hendrick didn't wind up being evil because like they were giving him a different vibe and it would have been weird if he had turned out to be just as bad as the other two from what we had seen so far i mean while i agree with you and yeah, I kind of expected Mortigan to get more power too. I didn't expect him to take Yggdrasil's super juice and become like the evil god of the universe. Oh yeah, I mean like the specifics of how it happened were um, you know, more dramatic than I was necessarily expecting, but I was definitely expecting, you know, some major setback to happen. I was not expecting that. Yeah. That's like super bad. The closest thing it reminds me to is the surprise halfway point of Final Fantasy VI, where basically the same thing, the, the bad guy successfully destroys the world in the second half of the game is you uh, trying to recover and regroup the party and things like that. That's what it, this whole section kind of reminds me of that so far. Boy, I hope they never remake Final Fantasy VI, because I guess I'll completely miss out on that, since now I know. I guess... At this point, if Final Fantasy VI is a spoiler to you, like, I'm sorry, but that game's like 20 plus years old at this point. Uh, except for the fact that you know I've never played any of the Final Fantasies before 9, 10. Because I didn't grow up with the almighty PlayStation like you did. That was Super Nintendo. Final Fantasy VI was Super Nintendo. That's how old it is. The most I ever had was an NES and an N64. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, it wasn't even PlayStation era. It's older than that. Like, that, I was just to establish, like, that's how old Final Fantasy VI is. And this is the first game I can recall really trying, really feel like successfully pulling off that same thing. So anyway, now, now that we have those ultimate spoilers for Final Fantasy VI. I'm sorry, you always say I'll you don't never... care about that stuff. I don't care. I'm just saying. I hope we never play it for the podcast because now it's that's that part's ruined. You know, ruined forever. I'll always know. Say that, but next episode I'm gonna did. look up some hardcore Dragon Quest Eleven spoilers and just be like, that game is five years why, old. Why I have would no you, idea how old it is. Why would you do spoilers for the game we're currently talking about? Just, I don't know. Just to uh, revenge. That I'll immediately forget about. I was about to say, you, you could pick literally any other game, like, spoil Ghost of Tsushima for me, because I haven't played that at all. You're not going to... Hey, spoiler alert, you get defeated in, like, the first five seconds of the game, and then you become a shadow assassin for the rest of it. I'm going to play it at some point, but I mean, like... I, I mean, the game is basically just, you're a shadow assassin. There's nothing else to it. They're basically... Basically, what everybody said is true. They're, the story is very lacking, but it's not the story is not the reason I'm playing this game. The gameplay is the reason I'm playing the game because it's so good. That and I get to go around saving, saving lives. But anyway, so Silvando convinces the circus performers. We have the all the the great circus performance and then the the guy at the end of it the guy's talking about oh it's so great to finally have the circus back to where it was in its glory days with Silvando and I'm like wait what wait, that was like a month ago man <laughs> yeah like not even that 
unless we were on, out for a long time, which would actually be kind of a surprising little plot twist that we, you know, this is like months or years later or something. But. You're telling me that in that short amount of time, even if it was like a year later, even if that's the case, you're telling me that this whole thing went into ruins. Wow. So apparently Silvando just, just leaving like, has like destroyed this circus. It's like your superstars, man. You know, there's some people who just bring the money in. And if you don't have them, the whole project falls apart. Star power. I mean, while I agree with you, that also means that's like very, you know, that's terrible. Silvando left the circus because of us. Now the world's destroyed. Also, the circus sucks now, so there's literally no joy. <laughs> I mean, that also seems somewhat less important, but I mean, you're right. Like, it is unfortunate. Not necessarily. What do you mean less important? Even Silvando is going around spreading joy because he knows that people need it right now. Sure, but I feel like the world being destroyed is slightly worse than the circus being bad. Yeah, but the circus was bad before that. The guy Apparently clearly established not. that the circus went so far downhill. I'm just saying, man, <laughs> Silvando left the circus and it ruined everything. And now the plan is destroyed. Silvando is the true evil here. I refuse to accept this theory. <laughs> it's still rap. It's very clearly still rap. I will not have people disrespecting Silvando on this podcast. I, I mean, I don't really know what to tell you. I'm going to, I'm not specifically going to disrespect Silvando unless he deserves it. But he doesn't. That's what I'm saying. You don't know that yet. You don't know anything. Like you said, you didn't look up spoilers. You don't know that. There is a potential I, I know, that Silvando could still be a bad guy. I know in my heart that Silvando is a good person. I hope so. I want so badly for Silvando to like betray us in act three or something. I know that I he's not never. going to, but based off of your absolute uh, refusal to budge on this one, I kind of hope that Silvando does do some somewhat of a betrayal. I will never accept Silvando's betrayal. <laughs> I will not. And you don't have to, you know? He could actively show up and stab the luminary and give a monologue about his evil plans. And I would still be like, he's a good dude. You I, would I won't, do, I won't that. do it. You absolutely would. He's like, if he had turned into Morgan at Mortigan and stabbed the luminary, you'd be like, but I still, I think he's might still be a good guy. We just have to reach him. We have to get to the heart of the cards and <laughs> we'll save him somehow. The heart of the circus. Like, okay, Yugi, we'll figure this one out, I guess. Next no, time. Do not on... compare <laughs> do not compare him to Yugi, because like if you've ever seen the manga, that stuff gets real dark. <laughs> uh not just the manga, man, the actual sub of the original Japanese version also gets incredibly dark. Oh yeah, but there's stuff that happens before the anime even starts, and it's like, wow, man. Uh but then then after we have the circus, the, immediately the very next place we go is is the end of Silvando's journey. But on the way there, we have to save somebody else. And 
then they give Silvando this like super cool, awesome cart where it basically looks like Silvando is just going to ride around on this tank looking fabulous thing. And he's just going to go around spreading cheer to everyone in the kingdoms, which I mean, of course, Silvando would is, you know, I would expect nothing less. Exactly. And again, that is why I will not accept Sofando's sudden yet inevitable betrayal. Yet inevitable? So even yes. you think he's going to betray us at some point? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I was just making a joke. Sofando would never do such a thing. Rab will betray us way before Sofando does. Rab just will betray us. I mean, that's, that's just a, a fact. Possibly Eric, if we like find another super orb or something. I don't know. I think Eric's the same level of devotion as Silvando at this point. Eric has no invested interest in any of this. He is just like, he met up with the luminary that which person told him, Crystalinda told him to stay with us forever. And after that, he's just been like, he's been ride or die too. He even gave us the orb. He was so obsessed with. Yeah, no, I honestly, I, don't think anybody in the party is going to turn out to be evil, at least based on what we've seen so far. Okay. I guess you're just going to ignore all the clearly evil stuff that Rab has definitely done, like <laughs> allow a murderer to just go free and not take the daughter back to the king and then have a like secretly to be steal fair, the henna tattoo in the night. He was clearly correct about not taking her back to the king, which was obvious in the beginning, but in, in, in the context of the moment seemed weird, but yeah, he was, it was obviously correct because all well, turns out he was actually Morty. Except for the fact that maybe Hendrick would have been on our side a lot sooner. And maybe he would have realized that something was up with the King. If the King was just immediately like, yeah, killer. Uh, wait, what? I- I'm Hendrick. He-, he shows up at the, in the therapist chair and he's like, yeah, I'm pretty messed up. Oh, well, what uh, what seems to be the problem, Hendrick? The king wants me to murder his daughter, whom he thought the quote-unquote darkspawn killed, but turns out she's totally alive and everything should be good. Uh, things are bad. Real bad. <laughs> and maybe Hendrick would have questioned things sooner and not allowed the king to just continue to be possessed by Morgan. I was saying, I feel like I still feel like that was a bad call. Uh, he thought that you were dead, never put those souls to rest. So was that even what he was actually doing? We don't know. I'm just saying there's some, no matter whether Rab turns out to be evil or not, the guy has made some really terrible decisions. I mean, I won't dispute that part of things. And of the, of the characters, I think you can make the best case for Rab being secretly evil of any of them, for sure. Before we wrap up and go into the other character stories starting next week, now that we've started Act 2, we got through the big sudden surprise at the end of Act 1, do you have any thoughts on where things are going to go from here? Well, Rab is going to be evil 
I don't know exactly why. Silvano's probably gonna end up reunited with his family or whatever, and we're gonna save the casino town from evil when we get over there. Uh, Everyone's love- gonna be so happy with Silvando. The prodigal son's gonna return. I, it's nothing against Silvando and everything about against like how terrible of a story I think that is. I love how like feeling the distaste in your voice that entire time. It's just so, it's just the easy way out. I don't like, I hate it. I feel like you could have given Silvando this rich backstory that isn't like, oh, he was totally able to do these things because he's just good at everything because he's a royal. It's like, just can't literally just uh, some random person be super good at all of this stuff. And it's not, and it's like, oh, well, he's a royal, so of course he's so good at everything. Like, it just, blah. I I, I don't like that at all. I don't like that story. I know that that's what it's leading up to, and I don't like it at all. And I hope that it turns out Savando is just some random guy who just showed out of nowhere and was so awesome and fabulous that he just took the entire world by storm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the thought of that too, because I I like Silvando's character and I don't want it to just turn into, Oh, well, he's just a Royal. So of course he's able to do everything like, ah, uh, what I'm really interested in is like the first place I'm going to go is down to go see the queen to be like, Hey, uh, Oops. What do you think about all this? Because. Oh, we didn't even mention there was a little scene before we even started the Silvando part of the queen basically talking about how everything's real bad. <laughs> hey, queen, you, you know when you know how you can see everything that happens? There a reason you didn't mention Jasper following us this whole time? Yeah, that does seem kind of important. I completely for. I completely forgot she said that, but yeah, that was probably would have been good to let us know. Like, are you serious? You could have prevented all of this. We could have been watching our backs and jumped him when the time was right or something. Or, I don't know, maybe the luminary could have like ran in there and just grabbed the sword and left and not allowed us to be completely eaten by evil. I am, the the problem is I don't, I have no idea where they're going to go. I don't know enough about Dragon Quest in general to have a good handle on the writing style of them. And the first act is kind of like, so much has happened. I don't know, man. I really don't know, but things are just are bad news. See, I kind of in, in the same boat because like the first act up until, you know, the sudden everything goes terrible was kind of how I expected a Dragon Quest game to go. You go to the different areas, you solve their problems, you go, and then, you know, you fight the big bad or whatever. Like, that was kind of the traditional Dragon Quest arc. It's very fairly simple and safe, but it's, you know, it's fun to play and things like that. But instead, this time, they're like, surprise, it's actually really terrible. It's like, is Dora and Gray going to come back and be, like, even more evil 
Is that guy who stole Veronica's magic going to come back? Is is just everyone going to come back? The octopus creature, is it going to start destroying those people again? I, I don't, I really don't know, and I cannot wait to find out. And on yeah. some level, I like getting to see what each character is doing, but on the other level, I want so badly to just be back with the Luminary and continue what's going on, because I know this this stuff is basically just filler. It's like I'm at the filler part of the anime and I really want to just get back to the main story. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It's like while I while each one of the characters are endearing for different reasons, I do kind of hope if Serena and Veronica are not together, it kind of I'm wondering if theirs is going to be about finding them, getting back together and then finding the rest of the group. I do know that immediately after Sylvanda, we get Jade and Rab is nowhere to be found, at least from what I've seen so far. And I'm just kind of like, that's good because Rab's definitely evil. (laughs) He's actually still up there with Mordigan. They're just hanging out, laughing at how dumb everybody else was. The Luminary doesn't have anyone to save him, though, so he's just dead. Like, the Luminary's <laughs> well, actually not even the, dead. He's not even the Luminary anymore. Yeah, he's not the Luminary. I don't even know what I'm going to do now. Because, like, I'm no longer the Luminary. I'm I not was- that guy anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but with that existential quandary that you've now dropped on us, that is going to have to do it for this episode of Video Games Cover to Cover. Tune in next time for presumably more Character side stories. Probably going to be another couple weeks of Switch exclusive content, so I apologize to the non-Switch users. As always, you can contact us via our email or Twitter or our Discord server, and the contact information will be included in the episode descriptions. Admittedly, the content this week was like off the charts and basically just mostly about Fast and Furious, but I, (laughs) I will say... I hate Mortigan. <laughs> <laughs>